You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning, everybody. Joe Gavallis uh, with the uh, Safe Senior Hour. I hope all are doing well. Today, I'm really happy we have a great guest today, uh, Lisa Wells. She's a uh, retired uh, detective from the uh, Cobb County Police Department here in uh, <clears throat> Metro Atlanta. Uh, Lisa, you, uh, we appreciate you coming on board. Thanks, Jeff. The, uh, let me just give you a little background on Lisa. I've worked with Lisa. Uh, Lisa is truly statewide known in, in the state of Georgia as one of the uh, preeminent um, investigators of elder abuse. And as you know, we talk about elder abuse on the show. We talk physical, financial, and institutional, whether it be a home, personal care home, or at their homes, physical abuse is... is uh, uh, a, a big issue, and um, and that's what Lisa's. Um, I hate to say specialty, but that's what you investigated uh, for your career. So we, we appreciate it, and I always start off every show is elder abuse does not report itself. So um, I think our listeners out there should listen because we're going to have some an interesting discussion today. So Lisa, just give us a little bit about your background, if you would, please. Okay. I worked for the uh, Cobb County Police Department for 27 years. I started in the Special Victims Unit um, uh, in uh, 2006, and um, basically our elder abuse crimes at the time were handled by our um, Crimes Against Persons Unit, which is a separate unit, um, mostly investigated homicides. Um, so. Uh, so I got the best education ever learning through them as well as building my own relationships up and starting my own little unit within the Special Victims Unit um, specializing in elder abuse. Um, it, it was a 13-year journey <laughs> and uh, took a lot of patience. But I had to self-educate. There was not a lot of... Uh, there's not a lot of knowledge. There was not a lot of training, uh, per se, for law enforcement at the time. So I, so and that was created over the years through um, other people, uh, 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 the state of Georgia, GBI, um, the state um, uh, Department of Human Resources, um, special forensic nursing. Everything. It, it was all a, a collaboration of getting to know these people from the get-go. So when I started I in 2006, I established relationships with Adult Protective Services, which is a state agency here in Georgia under the Division of Aging, um, and Healthcare Facility Regulations, who's under Community Health, same, same um, state agent. They all fall under the bracket of the Georgia um, uh, uh, Department of Human Resources and Community Health and Division of Aging. Um, APS handled um, the personal care homes where, uh, I'm sorry, APS handled outside the home, but personal homes, your home with your family, um, and healthcare facility regulations handled the um, facilities, the personal care homes, assisted living, nursing homes. Um, what I did myself, and it's not, 
not all jurisdictions are able to do this. They're not given the opportunities to do this. Um, I fortunately worked for a larger department where they allowed us to do this. We saw things coming in the county that we wanted to, um, you know, set up a protocol and um, get out there and educate people. So I learned each and everything from those investigators with the state. and I became um, very involved with our court system and because it, it involves state court, it involves superior court, it involves um, um, domestic violence court. It, it, there's so many aspects of um, elder abuse. Probate court. <clears throat> so what, what, what I did was I built those relationships. I learned every day. I got involved because I had to become passionate at first, I never even wanted to handle the elder crimes until I saw what was going on and learned from these people, which uh, from APS and healthcare facility regulations, and just talking to hospital personnel about what they were seeing when I was doing an investigation and um, meeting with those those folks, and then. Um, over the years, I cannot remember to say my life what year it started. I think 2010, um, we established the Elder Abuse Task Force, um, which Joe, you're a part of. And that brought in community leaders. It brought in the court system. It brought in the hospitals. It brought in um, personal care home people, um, it, it, you know, agencies, ombudsmen, and from there, we started that collaboration. But the bottom line is, you have to get in there, you have to learn, and you have to recognize signs and educate. Take what my knowledge of investigations and educate the public, and that's what I did. And educated families and um, and so forth. But that's what my life was for. Well, I, you know, and you do it, obviously, or you did do it with passion, and, and I know we're, we're trying to get you back on to remain as a volunteer on the task force, simply because your, your uh, uh, historical knowledge of investigative techniques and how to investigate are important. Um, let me say that uh, one of the courts, I think, uh, uh, we failed to mention was probate court, which is very important. Um, because that's uh, you see a lot of actions. That's where people go to right to file guardianships and what conservatorships in the yeah. state of Georgia. And it might be different yeah. in every in every state or in your country for our listeners. But it is a it is one of the courts that uh, that actually sees a lot of issues that would either be in the elder abuse issue or in the. Um, Right on the cusp of it, um, I, I think that's a fair representation, right, Lisa? Yes, it is. And you know, when and getting that knowledge out there to the um, family members and such, and being involved with the court and the uh, the probate court staff, just um, getting your cases in, being present. Um, I wanted to be present with the families when they were going for guardianships. Um, because usually a guardianship, a majority of them can be obtained because if you see a loved one that you feel cannot take care of themselves anymore, conservatorships, that you need to handle their finances, um, 
and there has to be somebody trustworthy um, to go in to, and it takes a lot to go in and petition the court, and they have to be um, thoroughly looked through their whole background, everything. But that person's taken on that responsibility, and the judges notice that, um, and they hold them accountable as well um, once a year if you obtain these. Um, uh, paper, the the guardianships and conservatorships, you're held that that person is held accountable. But it's also being involved with them. Um, the judge sees your presence in that courtroom um, as an investigator, as a family member, and if you have to come back repeatedly, showing that you know you are um, uh, the the case may be a little more serious than just your simple okay, let's you know, just get, let's just get this so we can take care of the money or take care, you know, get somebody so we can watch them. Uh, sometimes people bite off a little more than they can chew um, with the caregiver stress. Um, they think they're doing a good thing, but it could end up being a bad thing. So the judges recognize that. Um, they take the word of law enforcement um, a little more seriously on the cases when they see it. Um, I mean, they—they're very diligent in what they do. Right. We um, have a good judge who recognizes um, if there's police involvement, then there's something serious that needs to be done. You know, um, I, I, does that make sense? I, no, no, you're, you're making sense, and I, I was just going to say that that you're looked as the independent uh, person coming in. Because a lot of these, a lot of these issues are are family issues, and you're not there to yes. take sides. You're there to just relate the facts. And I know that sounds Correct. crazy, but that, but that's exactly it. And and it's hard enough, um, you know, if people watch on television, they just see the 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 issues that goes through when when the, the line officers have to get involved in a domestic dispute, which is almost in, you know it's happening in the last hour or two. Imagine if you get involved like you did looking at, at at various physical abuses or things like that that have been going on for years or months. I mean, it's a it, you are truly a, 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 an independent fact finder. Yes, definitely. And, and, and that's and not it, easy. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not I'm easy sorry. to do that, too. It is not easy. These are the hardest cases to, um, to prove and bring to court. Uh, that's why a lot of it, um, I felt, you know, everybody. Everybody's like, "Oh, this person needs to be arrested," or this, you know. I, I was passionate to the point where, if a person needed to be arrested, then yes, they needed to go to jail for the crime that they committed. Um, a lot of the things that happen are due to just lack of knowledge, um, education um, by family, by um, care staff and facilities. Uh, you know, just. And bringing, you know, and being having that presence of being in those facilities on a regular basis, like I was, or, um, or you know, answering calls to families and meeting them in facilities, and uh, and at personal care home, or home, at, you know, meeting with families in the home, trying to care for loved ones, um, and just educating them, bringing out adult protective services and healthcare facility regulations, explaining the laws to each person about what goes on or what is required of them as caretakers um, and what could be the um, penalties against them should they not follow through um, 
with obtaining the proper education and understanding of how they're supposed to care for our elder population. Right. I, I just want to remind our listeners that Cobb County is a county population roughly uh, 760,000 people. I mean, it's not a small rural county. It's a suburban county outside of Atlanta. And uh, these type of crimes, as uh, we're very fortunate here, we have a unique law in Cobb County that uh, was it 62 and over that you don't pay school taxes anymore. So consequently, we have a mm-hmm. a, a, a very a, um, increased population of seniors. So as obviously more people come in, just statistically, that crimes and allegations about issues will uh, certainly uh, rise, and they certainly have. And I think you've seen in your 13 years doing this, you've seen the number of probably complaints or allegations uh, have risen considerably. Is that true? Yes, they they have. Um, what, when I was, uh, I guess my last year, uh, I've worked that 13 years by myself on these cases. So until my last year, but that I know they started out, um, I would get referrals from the public. I would get referrals from hospitals, doctors' offices, um, and from uh, adult protective services. I know I was carrying at least a caseload of um, um, 30 30 to 40 cases a month. If Um, I can interject here, we're going to have to take our first break, but we're going to go into those 30 cases and some of those issues that you've seen. So with that, we're going to take our first break on the Safe Senior Hour. Um, uh, right now, we'll be back. As Joe is always saying, uh, abuse doesn't report itself. And uh, last night, and I've been haunted with this ever since uh, my friend called from Oregon and told me about this. His wife works in a hospital uh, in the uh, kids' area of the hospital, pediatrics. And... Uh, this happened about two weeks ago, and it's still happening. And uh, I decided last night that America's Web Radio is going to do something. I'm not sure, quite honestly, what we're going to do. But if you go to uh, – I'm sure you can find the article or something in the Portland newspaper, Portland, Oregon. And like I said, this happened about two weeks ago to a 16-year-old child, 16-year-old girl – that her stepfather was attacking her and her grandfather came into the room and tried to stop the stepfather and the stepfather shot and killed the grandfather and then proceeded to go ahead and rape the young lady and she had been abused before this. The stepfather goes ahead and rapes the young lady and as he's doing it, he's slashing her with a knife and then stabs her in one eye with the knife and so she has lost her vision she is still alive and i don't know how you recover uh, but she is recovering and uh, my friend's wife is staying with her a lot and uh, i don't know what we're going to do folks but uh, if you've got any ideas anything you know, I know I'm going to do some stuff, and I know the station will be doing some things. But uh, if you want to know more about this, go to the Portland, Oregon paper. Like I said, it happened about two weeks ago, 
and uh, I just can't believe the evil and that's in our world today. It's just, it's terrible. So think about it and uh, drop us a line at gm at americaswebradio.com and uh, let us know your thinking. Like I said, we're going to do something. I'm just not sure what it's going to be yet, but we are going to do something. No child at 16 ever, ever deserved anything like this. So we're going to go right back, and we're going to do uh, one spot and then go back to the show in progress. Safe. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back for segment two here, and uh, we're honored to have uh, Detective Lisa Wells, a uh, retired detective from the Cobb County Police Department, who uh, was, uh, as I keep saying, the, one of the preeminent investigators in the state of Georgia, uh, investigating uh, elder abuse. And um, we we appreciate that you're you're on, Lisa. And we were talking about that your caseload was like 30 cases when you when you left um and that's a significant increase from when you first started uh, addressing the issue yes it is it was a big increase um with more um <clears throat> with the senior population getting larger itself more uh families are having the responsibilities of trying to care for their loved ones um respect those, uh, their elderly parents' wishes or relatives' wishes of not to place them into a personal care home or nursing home, what have you. Um, and with that, um, I saw a rise in physical um, physical abuse, emotional abuse um, in the facilities as well. Uh, of course, they're in the state of Georgia, they're, they're um, like popping up um, all over the place. Um, they'll um, uh, someone will open up their own facility in a home that looks just like our, our personal home, um, our you know where we live in a neighborhood like where we live, and uh, will open up a facility uh, with about five, four or five bedrooms, what have you, and. Um, somebody new into the business may not have all the ins and outs of what they're supposed to do, proper licensing, um, staff, what have you, which relieves in a lo- uh, which leads to elopement of um, um, persons um, or where they're uh, walking out of homes, wandering, um, where there's uh, physical neglect, um, not getting the proper, you know, um, uh, hygiene, food, um, and I've also seen um, in public. Um, not everything is about the care of someone, you know, they um, wear the pens and need a diaper change, or if they need full care, if they need bathing. It could also be um, where a loved one is out in public and taking um, their loved one uh, who has dementia or Alzheimer's and leaves them sitting in a car all day while they're in shopping and doing things. Um, for themselves, um, you know, would leave a note on the window or leave the windows up, and that person who doesn't have the capacity to um, 
you know, open the door when it's hot outside and get fresh air or turn the car on, which you don't want to leave someone in a car with keys that has Alzheimer's. Okay. Um, they could drive away and crash and hurt themselves or others. So um, I've seen a little bit of everything, um, you know, in all locations on abuse and neglect. If you could, uh, some of the terms I know that we that we hear about as we go around and talk to seniors, um, they have obviously they they live at home, and so, and they have a loved one that would take care of them, or a caregiver that would come to the home. But are there are other other type entities like a group home, it can you know personal care home? Can you go through some of those names that you've in, in you know have you interacted with? Okay, so you um, you have a personal care home where. The person, um, your loved one, um, just um, maybe they have to be able to uh, get around, um, mm-hmm. be able to propel in a wheelchair themselves, you know, use a walker, um, and, you know, can help out with some of their daily needs. Um, a nursing home, or, uh, well, I'm sorry, let me say it's a personal care home. The assisted living is um, one step up where I may be getting it backwards I'm sorry because they they're all the same <laughs> they, no. they the person each like an assisted living the person needs maybe some help with some care in some assisted living communities you can have your own little apartment and um, just call on them if they're for meals and such or if you need some assistance getting dressed what have you limited um, be able to do most of the stuff on your own um, personal care home is one more step. They have to add a little more. They will help you bathe. They will um, help you get dressed. They'll help you brush your teeth. Um, they'll prepare your meals uh, for you and not leave it up to you to decide whether you want to eat downstairs or if you want to prepare your own meal in your own little apartment, um, like a like an assisted living. In a nursing home, that's full. That's um, uh, skilled nursing where um, you have. To that person enters in and needs usually needs full care needs someone to watch them needs um, more eyes on them changing them um, getting them dressed and more of their um, daily living needs um, in a memory care unit everything has to be done for that person uh, usually especially medications um, those will be administered by um, uh, medical staff. Um, whereas in like an assisted living, you could take your own um, or you could, uh, in a personal care home, you're supervised. And if they have nursing, if they have a um, LPN or somebody that comes in, they will administer some of the medications, watch the person take them. Um, but in a nursing home and in a um, memory care unit, that's usually... Um, a medical, a med tech will distribute and give medications, and they're looked in on uh, more frequently. Well, as as David said, that's you know we use that motto: uh, abuse doesn't report itself. And uh, we just mentioned uh, several types of of, of living uh, areas for uh, seniors. Um, have uh, have you seen? Um, issues, abuse issues, and every one of these, I mean, none is immune from it, correct? 
Right. None of them are immune from it. Um, that's why it's very important to, um, if you see something, you need to say something. Right. If you have a loved one in these, in any one of these situations, um, I don't know if you want me to go into this now or not, recognize the signs no, of your fine. loved one. Um, are they withdrawn? Are they, um, how is their hygiene? If they're still in the home and they have family coming in to check on them, um, they say that family's in there every day. Um, and it's a neighbor or a friend from church, drop in on them and see. Um, notice if they have anything, uh, any unusual marks that can't be explained or injuries that can't be explained. Um, if their mailbox is full of mail and you haven't seen them walk out in a while uh, to the mailbox, don't be afraid to knock on the door or call the police and ask them to knock on a door. Um, you know, They'll go out and they'll check. They'll try and get in touch with a family member. Um, that person may have fallen inside and can't get up. Um, you you just don't know. Um, if you have a loved one in a facility, um, make sure uh, that you're in that facility on a regular basis. Even some of the nicest facilities, and you'll learn. Um, and they're you'd think they're short staffed. You know. Be, have that presence known. That's what I tell most of um, the people that I encounter. Is if you're in there and they know you're you're watching your loved one closely, and uh, you know it, it does make a difference. Lisa, um, if, if I may interrupt you a minute, this is the signs. Even in there, uh, if your loved one tells you they're being rough with me, you need to report it. Not if you don't report it to the police, you can report it to the regulation regulators of that facility. Um, my motto is always, always um, notify the police um, if you feel like making a report. And because we will make, well, I speak for myself and my unit. We make contact on every case with the state. If if we get um, information we feel that needs to go to the state, it gets to the state, either by a personal phone call, by a referral. Um, you know, we want them in there looking, and, and I, will go, I would go out, you know, and I would make my presence known in that facility. Um, Lisa, uh, this, Lisa um, this is David Moxley. Investigation. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I go on tangents. Yeah, <laughs> Lisa, this is David Moxley, and uh, I just want to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, I started this show because I felt I owed it to my mother, uh, who died many years ago, but had been in the facilities. And I, I, with your experience and your background, back in 2001, 18 years ago, 2002, uh, we had mother, my sisters and I had our mother in what we thought was the best of the best. It was certainly, even back then, not cheap. But, right. you know, we would go in and uh, we'd either go in together or we'd go in separately and check and you know there were complaints constantly and just like you said bruises constantly and well they're not feeding me they're not doing this they're not doing that and uh, you know and I almost got in in a fight with one of the administrators literally going after him and uh, 
you know, back then, what do you think has has changed so much? Because back then, 18 years ago, mm-hmm. there was no place to go. You know, you you had your loved one in there, and it wasn't just my mother. It was every elderly person in the facility, and it wasn't one. It wasn't restricted to one facility. It was in almost right. every facility, and. Um, there was just no place to go other than, like you said, we went to the people that were running it and said, look, we're not going to put up with this. And we didn't. We moved from one to the next to the next, breaking contracts and giving out uh, attorney's cards. And uh, yeah. and it was terrible. But what right. is, what's changed and what finally slapped people upside the head that there was a problem? And it really, it's not... It is a legal police problem. When you're abusing an elderly, that's criminal as far as I'm concerned. And it was criminal back then, but nobody would listen. I know, and and it's evolved over the years, and we didn't have the laws in place that we have now with the legislation, and um, fortunately we have a great prosecutor. It all depends, you know... Healthcare facility regulations and all those state entities have been in business. I mean, have been doing their jobs for a lot longer than 18 years. Um, they've been, but like, I guess there the more policy has developed, more pro, better protocols have been developed. Um, the facilities now are being, and, and I'm not saying all facilities are bad uh, you know they're not um and it's difficult to find that right niche for your your loved one i mean very difficult because it is a business the the uh, the personal care it, it's a business and um it, it, we're, we're going to go just, into more just that's educating uh, uh, people and just at the presence of um Law enforcement coming into the facilities puts them. I, I mean, these. I knew a majority of the owners in Cobb County because if there was an inspection, I'm not saying every house is perfect. Um, they have some. If you get family members that say, "Okay, um, they um, put my my loved one um, picked my loved one up too hard and put a, set them down in a chair too hard. I didn't like it. I mean, that was bringing us into these facilities um, and just letting them know that law enforcement is around. Um, The state agencies will be contacted and to keep them in line. Um, Lisa, 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 excuse me. Back then, people were afraid. People are still afraid to report. Right, Lisa. Because they don't want to lose the... um, you know, they don't want their loved one getting kicked out of a personal care home. They don't want retaliation. Lisa, uh, we're, we're, um, Lisa, go ahead. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, we're going to need to take a break from this segment, but we're going to go into more details on the next segment of the Safe Senior Hour. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. 
whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, uh, welcome back to our third segment, and uh, this is a, a very uh, in-depth conversation we're having um, concerning abuse uh, of, of seniors with uh, retired um Detective Lisa Wells from the Cobb County Police Department. And, um, Lisa, we were just talking about in the last segment, uh, talking about some of the cases. And, and David asked the question, how, how has it improved or why has it improved from, uh, what, 2010 or years before when, or when he was, uh, had some issues with some family matters? I think it's education and, as you said, new legislation. And I think a more aggressive um, uh, proponent of educations by the police and everybody else about mandated reporters. We have really increased the mandated reporters from what it used to be, that they're required by law to report not only to um, the regulatory people but to law enforcement. And law enforcement is to report back and forth. We, We didn't have that mandated that required by legislation uh, exchange information, which we have now. but No, we didn't, not at all. And, and what I want to go into, because this is where it gets interesting, is some of the matters that have been brought to you that you've investigated that you think are good examples that will show our, our listeners uh, all over the United States, all over the world, of some cases that have been brought to you and have been... Uh, successfully uh, prosecuted and the more importantly the threat or these abusers have been taken off the streets uh, I know you have a couple of them you want to talk about so is there one you want to uh, talk about now yes and I will um, clarify that in Georgia um, uh, elder abuse and disabled adult um, abuse or the they intertwine with one another so if I have a 60 year old victim who is disabled that's considered um, that type of abuse as well Um, and uh, well I've got one where um, I actually had to call out the SWAT team on an incident where um, and this isn't just in a this was in their home an elderly couple allowing their older son to live with them um, he was uh, physically abusive. He um, he took their money and took their checks every month. And if they didn't, if then this incident happened because he wanted something at the store um, for his father to bring back, and he didn't. So the end result was um, uh, he physically assaulted his father. He physically assaulted his mother. His father was able to get a. a to get out of the home and um, call the police. Uh, when we arrived, he would not let the mother out of the home, and he uh, eventually um, 
we had to call in the SWAT team and call out a negotiator to negotiate for the mom um, for her release. She, uh, he eventually, um, uh, he had hit, beaten her some more. Mm-hmm. He eventually had, and this was before um, uh, the elder abuse laws were in effect. This was one of my earliest cases. Um, and uh, he was then physically extracted by the SWAT team. Um, that was a serious case where, and we got them, uh, got him prosecuted and sent to prison, um, uh, got, uh, the, um, the mother and father the help that they needed, um, through adult protective service, get them resources that they needed to get back on their feet, um, to help them with counseling, um, Again, it's not just about going in and making the arrest. You have the long-term effects on these folks after it happens to them. We have a uh, Live Safe here in Cobb County, which is a shelter um, that has now become more involved. It wasn't then, but we got them involved in counseling through um, the domestic violence court, that couple. Um, and eventually, you know, it's grown into having other resources. But that's how that one, uh, that was a severe case that uh, one of my first cases um, you know I've been in um, in the personal care personal care homes where um, the uh, the hired help um, this is one set up by private um, people the, the hired help will be from another country um, they won't take into consideration the diet of the um, um, the consumer the elder person um, sometimes that leads to um, malnourishment and mm-hmm. such. That going into those kind of facilities, when the families um, complain or the the elder complain, makes a complaint, we go and investigate it. Um, if they're not, you know, um, you know, just being allowed to watch a TV, or if they're being yelled at, we go in. I, I go in. Didn't make an arrest in any of that. I had that. That was a lot of my cases where we go in and we'd educate and tell, you know, let them know this is what needs to happen or there'd be repercussions. Um, I had another incident where um, uh, it was very hard to prove and I wished I could have proven it. I tried my best. um, Where the son was actually sexually assaulting um, the mother who had um, dementia. Um, when we got involved, she said that she was the, uh, that referred to her son as her husband. Um, uh, we felt, the family felt that he, he isolated her from the family and, um, they were at the home and found, and found a used condom in her room. Um, mm. she, we, um, at the, and again, this was an, one of my first cases, and um, we were able to remove her from the home. Um, she refused to prosecute her son because she would have yeah. times where she would be lucid. Went before a um, probate court judge and said, no, she wanted to stay with her her son. Um, she wouldn't allow us to do a um, an exam, sexual assault exam, and the family had discarded the used condom. So um, I had no physical evidence to prosecute. I knew that was happening. Um, did everything that we could see, and even in some of those cases, you can do as much, as much hard work and try and even get it before a judge. And um, sometimes it just doesn't happen. It doesn't. It, it, 
that you're not successful in the prosecution. Um, she ended up um, passing away a few months later. Lisa, um, Lisa, I'd like to interrupt you. Another one I had. Lisa, where, I'd like to interrupt um, you one second and okay. find out what uh, on your first case that you were talking about. What's the follow through after the guy gets out of jail? If the I, if he gets it, he went to jail. Uh, I think he went for like ten or fifteen years. If he gets out of jail, the fa- the family. Um, we educate them, tell them, look, you can obtain a temporary protective order through family violence court um, or even a superior court uh, if something has happened, you can obtain an order of protection um, if it's by a loved one or somebody you were living with. And um, whether they follow through with that, I don't know. I know that they moved out of the house and moved in with other, um, sold their house and moved in with other family members, but you try to get other family involved. If that person gets out and they contact you, um, immediately call 911 if you do not accept the contact. It, you cannot change a person who is um, physically abusive. In my 27 years of law enforcement, I've never seen it. Um, it it's, you know, it's a cycle. And when that cycle is broken, that it's power and control is what he had over his parents. And if they allow that contact again, the cycle will just start back over. So that's why it's important to get into counseling um, and um, uh, and try and, and reach out to shelters, police departments, even your doctor. Um, if you're in fear of this person or anything, you can report to anybody, and they are mandated to report it back to the police and we will step in. Lisa, um, Lisa isn't it there right now they're very active on the victim, victim witness program that I I believe that the victims are notified the actual uh, location time and date. Right, right. So th- where before they never really were but now they are to let the, yeah. let the victims know. Um, can you go into uh, um the unlicensed care of, uh, as you said, in Georgia, it's not just the elderly, but it's it's the um, at-risk adults who are over 18, and and this is where the special victim units and the detectives are often called. It might not be an age issue, but it might be a, a special victim, somebody with some uh, mental issues or some um, developmental issues. So can you go into that one case that you had here? Yeah. Yes, I actually had two cases that ran um, at the same time. One of the cases was three uh, mentally disabled adults. One was um, 56, the other one 55. Um, I believe that was their ages. They were three, and one was um, they. The the how it all worked was the daughter um, ran a behavioral center in. Um, the city of Atlanta, which they would go to, and she farmed out um, these three individuals to her mother who wanted to supplement her own income, and she set up a personal, unlicensed personal care home where she took them into their home and took their money every month. The families believed that they um, put these people into licensed facilities um, at the behavioral place, but in, but some family members lost track of their family, um, these individuals, when they were placed into this home. Um, they were kept in a basement. 
Um, they were fed um, bologna sandwiches uh, and some pop every now and then. Um, you know, um, they weren't allowed to really get out and socialize. If they were, they were begging for money for food. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually, she would lock them in there at night. Um, they had poor hygiene. They were living with rats in the basement. Um, and how we stumbled across this was a, um, it was one of a girl who used to work in the facility, in the behavioral facility, noticed that they were coming to the center dirty. Um, and she went out to the home and found these people living in the basement. She acted as a friend with, um, the, um, the girl, the, the lady that was running the home, um, got as much information she could and then she called um she called the police directly and wanted to speak to uh, and and got me and then we went out to the search warrant and found these individuals in the home um that both the the um the mother uh, or the caretaker at the house who um she was arrested and these guys were in poor health um they were malnourished, they were dirty, they were, um, and all they wanted was that interaction and help. Um, they weren't allowed to go back to that center. Um, she was just taking their checks. Um, and the daughter who ran the behavioral health center was doing this um, all in, in the metro Atlanta area, but we could only find the one home here in Cobb that was unlicensed. The other ones, she, um, they, she had them programmed to say, "No, I take my the residents say I take my own medication." But, Lisa, Lisa, we're, um, we're going to we go in, know, you know. But she that which led to more like Medicaid fraud and such. So these were that was a big case that opened up from that case in Cobb opened up the Medicaid fraud of everybody involved. Um, okay, Lisa, Lisa. Health. Lisa, Lisa, we're going to need to take a break here, and we can go finish this story and the other case that you have that, are, that, okay. that we know. So with that, we're going to take this break on the Safe Senior Hour. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. This is David Donaldson with the Atlanta Healing Center, conveniently located in Lawrenceville, Georgia. At AHC, your success is our goal. Addiction recovery is about more than just not using. It's about becoming a whole person and addressing all aspects of your physical, psychological, and social needs. Please call us at 770-696-9862, or you can reach us on the web at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back. Uh... Everyone, uh, this is Joe Gavallis with the Safe Senior Hour. Uh, we're in our uh, last uh, segment, and we've had uh, uh, have Lisa Wells, a retired detective from the Cobb County Police Department, who, who is uh, 
worked uh, these elder abuse type cases um, probably in the last 13 years and is one of the top investigators uh, from the state. We're sorry. We're glad for her she retired, but we're sorry that she did. Uh, but we were in the process of talking about some of her cases that she she handled, and um, I think we were just wrapping up the one about the um, at-risk adults. And, and, and I know you had another case that you uh, you talked about are the uh, was the unlicensed personal care home um, that was um, uh, in the middle of a middle class neighborhood. Yes, and um, it, I, I worked this one. Uh, you referring to the uh, one uh, in Marietta? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so with the. Um, I guess with the um, uh, the residents, the HOA, which is, the HOAs are awesome um, as far as I'm concerned in some ways, um, to uh, notice things that are out of place. Um, and in this, at the time, um, a, uh, a this woman set up a per, her own home and um, as a personal care home she would invite the families in and she would show them the upstairs of the home which was really really nice and said that the family their family member would be staying in this beautiful bedroom up here and this is where they would dine and it was really nice um but in reality um she had them in the residence in they did if you they didn't tour the families didn't tour the whole home so she would only show the upstairs, nothing down involving the basement or the garage area. In that area, she sectioned it off into small partitioned rooms where you could barely fit a bed. Um, and she would leave the residents down there, um, feed them down there. They would never really get to leave that area down there. Um, I, I never actually saw the residents in the home. Um, it was after the fact um, when we were uh, when healthcare facility regulations was notified. They went to the front door, and as they went to the front door, the um, the homeowner or uh, her son, they um, had contacted one another, and they literally were pushing them out the back door through the woods to a parked car at another area, and were driving these people off um, away from the home. Um, we ended up going in with a search warrant based on what the um, homeowners and healthcare facility regulations learned and found um, the conditions of the home, which um, were that was deplorable and where they were being held and what um, the um, unsanitary in the uh, bathrooms and such. Um, uh, so they were able to track down the. Uh, the residents in different areas of Atlanta. One of them passed away after she um, disclosed about what had happened. Um, They were all elderly females, some with dementia. Um, They weren't fed properly. They just, it was poor care. They weren't taken to the doctor. It was not good. Um, And that homeowner and her uh, son and brother, I believe, were prosecuted, successfully prosecuted and sent to prison. Um, you know, but if it it's the awareness of 
um, the neighbors that actually took that one off, like the one on mine in Cobb, where um, a, a home health, I mean, a, home, a person from somewhere else had actually come into the home and seen it. And actually, we had reports of the disabled adults in the basement had reports where they were standing at the door, screen door, screaming for help. Um, but no one called the police on that one uh, until. It, it, they just didn't call the police. So, well, I, um, that I was, think we, I, we found out that information um, through our investigation by talking to other neighbors. But so, um, I think that we you know that all these cases. I mean, these people, the unlicensed care homes, are in the business of just taking the money, um, and and um, and you know they'll, you know, if you when you go into these homes uh, to find, you know, if you find a placement for a loved one, first thing you need to do is go on the website with wherever jurisdiction you're at for your state agency, your regulatory agency, and see if this home is licensed. And there'll be a license hanging on the wall. It's called a permit in in Georgia. But it'll be hanging on the wall with everything that's required of that, an ombudsman and um, rules for the home, um, that'll all be placed and take a tour of the entire home. Tell them you want a tour of the entire home, not just um, what they're going to show you or any kind of facility. You want a full tour of everything, and you want to talk to the people who are in those homes, um, other people that you run across, uh, that they they encounter. Um, they will let you know what's going on in the home, um, you know, and if it's a good home or some people just don't have anywhere else to go and will stay in these homes no matter what because they don't have anywhere to go. It's better than living on the street. Well, so um, that's why it's always good to get in there and see with your own eyes, talk to people, um, and that's but all those cases were successfully prosecuted. Um, it's about time they're, they're going to be released, I do believe. So um, well, it would be I, nice to see what I, happens to them next. No, they, I, they're not supposed to be allowed to open up any other facilities. Um, uh, we'll see what turns out with those folks. Okay. Well, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, as, as we wrap up here today to wrap uh, up the show, that I want to thank you for coming on. I think you yeah. just showed the cooperation between, I think, you and the Marietta Police Department in yeah. that one case, but, but it was a cooperation with the regulatory agencies. But the important yeah. message is elder abuse doesn't report itself, and if you see yeah. something, call the police and, and, and tell somebody. That's the only way a lot right. of these people are going to get help. But with that, I want to thank you, and that will conclude this segment and uh, today's show on the Safe Senior Hour. And, uh, Joe, I want to continue just a little bit with that and uh, mention the fact that uh, if uh, somebody has a story or has a, an abuse situation, let us know at America's Web Radio, and we'll be glad to either pass it on to uh, the proper authority or uh, if you've got a situation that um, 
you went through it one time and would like to tell that story and uh, the outcome of it or any suggestions that you might have and uh we're not going to we're we're going to keep this show to elderly abuse but uh I couldn't help but report on the young lady 16 years old in Oregon that was abused and her grandfather tried to step in and uh he was uh shot and killed by the uh by the step um father so you know, our world is a tough world, and the only way that we're going to clean it up and straighten it out, and it'll never be straightened out totally, but the only way we're going to do anything is by reporting it and telling people what's going on and uh, have them check into it and go from there. So, uh, again, we want to thank uh, Lisa for coming on and uh, uh She's seen things. I'm sure it's like my friend in Oregon. They, anybody that deals with abuse has seen things that none of us would ever want to see and will live with us uh, the rest of our lives. Uh, and you can't imagine, I can't, as my friend was telling me this story last night, I just can't imagine one human doing it to another, much less one human doing it to a 16-year-old child or a 70- or 80-year-old elderly person. I just, it's just sickening. And, uh, you know, I I don't want to get off on a different route, but it's hard to hard to believe the, the hole that Satan has on evil and the evil that mankind will do to mankind. And it's, we will continue this show as as long as we can and if you're interested in sponsoring the show or have something that you want to offer to the show let us know contact general manager gm at america's web radio and let's talk and let's see uh what we can do together and help stop some of the abuse that's going on so with that being said we're gonna get ready for Tony Nettleman and the Land Surveyors Hour on America's Web Radio. We do the most unique shows of any station in the country, and that's why we're the largest, or one of, the largest producing podcast radio stations in the country, because you folks like to listen to different, and uh, we do give you a lot of different, and uh, this show will be up on archives uh, on our archive on our website uh, tomorrow and all of our shows can be either watched or listened to or both on YouTube just go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel America's Web Radio channel or you can go to Facebook and follow us on Facebook and watch the shows and uh, you'll you'll love it and it's quite entertaining uh, as we get closer to winter, you can, instead of watching TV, you can watch and learn from our great host. And uh, we'll be back next week on America's Web Radio with another safe senior hour with our host, Joe Gavales, former federal agent, and uh, does a great job of getting guests. And we'll see you next week, Joe. Okay, I look forward to it. And again, thank you, Lisa, and thank you for your service. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.